0: Hello and welcome to another installment of BC Museum Portraits. I'm BC Museum Portraits Project Manager, Spencer Stewart. This episode takes us to Galliano Island, where I'll be speaking with members of the Galliano Museum Society, Michelle Croker, Carol Robson, and Mary Jean Elliott.
1: I've been involved with the Museum since 2019 on the board and was the Vice President in 21 and became the President in 22. Prior to that, I was approached by Alistair Ross back well, a good 25 years ago to get involved. But at the time, I was career-focused and not really interested in coming back here, so I didn't do that. But I'm, I'm born and raised pretty much from this place. Both my parents are from here. Mm. Cook's Farm, the Conservancy property, all of that is old family property, and then the First Nations at the North End. Mm. Mary Jean is a retired BC school teacher. She's 90. <laughs> And she is the backbone of this place. She literally has kept us going right throughout with putting the land forward and doing all the work, all the administration work, which is really a lot of work. She went through the bylaws and constitution and changed them when they changed the bylaw stuff. It was an amazing amount of work. Mm. I know I used to do bylaw constitution mm. development, so I'm familiar with it. Mm. She was a BPE TTUBC in 1956. Her father came to Fernie from England in 1900, and she lived in Vancouver till since 1936. And her father worked in the gold mines during the Depression. Knowledge of geography and history of BC is strong, and she donated this land in 2008, and has been the past president 12 and 13, but literally kept everything going, flowing.
2: Came to Galiano in 1977. And the start the person that started the museum is Alistair Ross and he was the one that had it registered society and, so in 1967 and Carol is
1: now the vice president and her family had lived on Main Island in the early 1900s and ran the Galliano Inn from 1948 and they've become deeply rooted as well in the logging industry and and owning the lodge and carrying forward, she's been a great help with helping sell things and keep the funds flowing.
0: The early collections, this building is a a new build for housing the collection. And you'd mentioned that there's materials in the basement. How how did those early collections come about? Alistair
1: Ross was very strong in trying to get a museum set up here. And they did use little Dyes Cottage and little spots to try and set up the museum in the past. So these collections have been collected over the years. There's quite a bit of stuff downstairs, complete. And we just have to change out the installations, but to this point we haven't. It took 27 years in the making to get a building built. Hmm. So it's 30 years now in the works. It wasn't something that was really, was very well thought out and the collections just kept collecting. And now we have to kind of be a little pickier and choosier about what we take in because a lot of people will just drop stuff off on the steps.
0: How do you communicate that to the community?
1: We put a lot of ads in the the local active page and different things and when people come to drop stuff off we let them know we can't accept broken things anymore. What we do when they come in is we take pictures and then Mary Jean catalogs absolutely everything. Everything's cataloged.
0: What would you say or? Are- some of the strong collections in the museum at the moment if you were to sort of put together an exhibition
2: really survival items in the home and in industries like logging fishing and uh, that sort of thing mostly survival things from the pioneers what the people had and used and survived on and this island was pretty much ran by commercial fishing and logging back
1: in the day. That's okay. what got people here to begin with. Tourism was a thing that, that was not a big deal back in the okay. days. This is just survival.
2: The oldest thing is the 2,000-year-old shaman's
1: bowl. My father donated a lot of those arrowheads and tools and what have you that he had in the house at the time. Different things like that before he passed away. And mm. so I just made sure they stayed here.
0: Thinking about the museum for however long, 20, 30, 30 years. years 30. There's always that concern of, kind of fatigue in, in the community of talking about a project. How did you keep it Having going? Having events. Having events,
3: yeah. We had a lot of events. We had a, a big supper every October, a harvest dinner. Yeah. We had a little house on the Lions property where we were there every Saturday with the, with the market, yeah. selling things, sometimes, we create things that were from the past, like the Galliano Light and Power. We made hoodies and sold those and people just loved it because they're, they're getting something but they're also making a donation. Mm. I
1: think Alistair Ross and the crew, there was a lot of board members. We have a book here that shows all the board members from start to finish all of these folks were very instrumental in keeping this going for many years right yeah. so i did these lists up by year because mm. it's part of our history as well yeah. and of course they're all getting to the age now like Mary Jean wants to retire and kick <laughs> kick us to the curb oh <laughs> <laughs> but she has been so instrumental and and one of our our strongest board members to
0: date mm.
2: well it, it, when you're on an island and it's such a nice island and flora and Juana, it's just enjoyable to stay and do things yeah. there, rather than travel and that so yeah so it's, it, it, i guess it's just really something to do when i retired to, mm. from teaching to to get interested in the in mm. museum
0: what are some what are some histories that you want to tell through the museum that you you don't have holdings yet that reflect it
1: we've done a lot of elder recordings that were done for over the years so we can restore some ideas of what it was like, mm-hmm. yeah. and in actuality, everybody's pretty much related from the old families here.
0: The process of recording those was that part and parcel with the 30-year process yes. of developing the museum. Yes.
3: We actually hired a girl to come and do the video, yeah, because she had sound, and so and a couple of those people have passed away, yeah. so. It was a good thing we got that done when we did and we have to continue to do that because otherwise these stories get lost.
1: Yes and then we have um, we have family genealogy that we've done as well and okay. we have quite a few writers here that have written books on like the houses of Galliano which is part of the old family, part of the old Schoons family that she wrote that book and so we have a lot of stuff here that we have a lot of family trees and what have you downstairs that we I don't know that people want us to actually display, but we have,
0: because
1: yeah. some people get a little finicky about the displays.
0: How do you navigate the story, <laughs> discussions like that? How are you able to present those stories simultaneously?
1: Well, that's been a little bit of a challenge, I would say. We, You know, we do what we can, and we've had a lot of people asking for a copy of Bob Bambrick's films that are six hours long but due to copyright issues we can't just copy and give to these people but they can come here and watch it because he donated it to here. Some people might not like that we've showed their pictures but we have never had a complaint to date but that could become an issue but for the most part we're all pretty much in touch with everybody that's had families here and everybody's been very
2: supportive of getting this up and running. Mm. for For instance the history of Portuguese Joe. Mm. Jean Barman who was a historian wrote a book about Portuguese Joe and to still live on the island. Mm. So when we did a discussion or event event of Portuguese Joe's life everybody was interested because half of them were related Mm. you know so Like yeah, well, actually, one was one or two. Well, Clara was on our board. Actually, That's we had a board right. member who was an, a descendant of Portuguese Joe.
0: Hmm. On and the he other came side, during
2: yeah. the gold rush days. So, there's all these connections of people that actually lived here are hmm. or, or related to the people, of course. Hmm. Michelle's practically related to half the island. I isn't? am
1: related to everybody. My grandpa had seventeen brothers and sisters, so okay. his sister was married to Portuguese Joe. So
2: she <laughs> knows a lot of people and, and and we and we've heard all the stories like word of natives that traveled from Dionisio Point on Galliano mm-hmm. to Tuassan reservations, mm-hmm. how they would gather at Dionisio and wait for the weather and canoe to Tuasan and all those histories. We've heard firsthand because of the relatives, and of course, Carol, was, Dad was involved here when they put the electricity, first electricity on Galliano, Saliva, so yeah. and the Page guy that I told you that I bought the farm from, he was involved in building the road to the north end. So you know, everybody was, all these pioneers were, their relatives were all involved in the history of Galliano. Yeah. Actually. So it's been sort of easy to to gather a lot of history out of the island. Just through people we know. Salt <laughs> trees they had in the, when the Japanese were here. Right. And <clears throat> before they were transferred to the camps during the war, and we've got all that history. And before that, the Japanese were here making charcoal and shipping it to Japan mm. for honing swords. So there's a bunch of charcoal pits around the island too. But we don't have that much to do with Antique homes or the charcoal pits because that's land. We, yeah, we, we decided that Somebody else can worry about that, but we do you know the history of those Activities on Galliano. Yeah, but we don't really concentrate on that. We concentrate more on the, the homeowner or the, home that, the Person that lived there. back in the old days
1: though. We didn't have BC ferries. We traveled by boat yeah. our end of the island, we never had a vehicle. It was a big deal to come south. Nowadays it's so open, you can come and go, Float
0: planes, ferries, the, those sort of things. Did the impulse for the museum come out of Tourism? the development of the transit to to Galliano or easier easier transit to the island? I think island? Callister just wanted to document history. Yeah.
1: I, I do believe that, because yeah. he was very huge on that. But I think it was more his dream of documenting important. the history here
0: and you have archives in the, the museum as well
1: uh, tons yeah we're just weeding through a lot of this stuff is online now so we're trying to um, disperse with some of the papers because of course it brings bugs in the mm. museum yeah. has bugs right so we're looking at those types of things someday we'll have a computer system set up where we can look past and go to those sorts of things yeah. click with our web page we had to revamp our webpage, which I think didn't go well so we're working on our webpage as we speak
3: yeah
1: and um, we had somebody looking after it and I, I believe he passed away in Salt Spring and then we had somebody else come in and she left and then so it's one of these things where you really need somebody so I'm contemplating taking a web page course
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. to keep yeah. me up but want to get those elders interviews on there and that type of stuff
0: as well. Bringing in items to the collection are, are there any recently that have come in that that have surprised you or that are exciting in terms of the story of this island?
3: A bunch of old bottles that were dredged out of the Japanese cannery, Mm. where the cannery was. And they're all, some are broken, but they're beautiful. My feeling right now is that we're just sort of trying to honor the indigenous people first and not get into putting our pioneer stuff out just yet because that's when it all you know, started going sour. Mm. That's my feeling. Mm. I don't want to insult anybody. You're that proud that we took the land. Mm. My entire family preempted land. Mm. Salt Spring, Maine, and Galliano. Page was preempted land.
2: Mm.
3: So, uh, to me it's important to respect what's happening.
1: And I think too that everybody's done a really good job of that since the Kamloops story came out. I mean when that started it kind of tipped everybody on their ears. So a majority of the older families here, even though it was never admitted back in the day, are First Nations descendants. Mm. Everybody's interlinked or interrelated. Mm. Now they're coming out. But we never, I never knew there was a difference until I moved off this island. Mm. I didn't know there was such thing as prejudice or anything of the sort. Yeah. I mean, there's the odd prejudice person here, but when I left this island, I was about nine years old, and I went into town, and it was a shocker. Because we're all intermarried, right? Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, we've got quite a few old school pictures in our, our cards that we sell, where the north end was probably 90% Indigenous, and in our school here, maybe there was three or four, your mum being one of them.
2: Well, a lot of Indigenous people on the island changed their names so they wouldn't have to go to um, residential school. school. That's why we're here. Mm. Um, yeah. My grandfather moved his entire family here mm. back in the day because he so. and my grandmother were raised in residential school. We've got some family trees <laughs> and they're pretty complicated <laughs> because they changed their names so they wouldn't have to go to residential school.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. And we
2: get, we get a lot of the criminal
1: activity here too. A criminal element, let me say, We've had people that have come to the north end or come to hide out here. We have a lot of draft dodgers that came here in the in the sixties, uh, and they camped out at Denisio Coon mm. Bay, we call it. Yeah. So we have a lot of that type of history as well.
0: In terms of the collection, the basement, and and thinking about the future of the museum, what are some exhibitions or stories that you're looking forward to? Uh, to putting together our...
1: looking at doing education one with school school we have a lot of old desks and stuff like that and we were looking at doing kitchens and that sort of thing from the 20s and 30s yeah so that's some of the stuff we've done we're looking at changing out the installations we just haven't uh, usually we put up a war museum or a war installation uh, at this time, Remember but I think we're, we're probably not going to do it for Remembrance Day, but we're going to have Quilts of Valor and a few things out, but we've got this a lot of that really sort of cool. stuff downstairs. Right? We have so. a,
3: a, a group that do quilting, and they just donated when, and gave it to us today, and, and this is how lovely things happen,
2: yeah. just
3: right out of nowhere, and it's, it was started by Alistair Ross. And it got tucked away when he passed away, and they've just finished it. So we're going to hang that up, and it's for us to keep. But then the quilting
0: group is going to come and do their own display of their quilts, quilts of valor. Valor. How do you keep? engaging people and bringing them into the fold. And do you well, feel that that's something that's continuing or is there other challenges Well, we
1: that? Currently we're into the, we're carefully bringing people in, but currently we are just running into people aging out. So now yeah. we're looking at, do we want to advertise or do we do word of mouth for new board members? And I, I did say at our last board meeting, cause we're down to about seven. Yeah. One of our ladies is becoming ill, so she's leaving. Yeah. And we discussed this because it's something we have to look at is in my history, I work in administration and finance on and off reserve, but you when you pull together a board of directors you want kind of want a lawyer there, you want an accountant there, and we want a museum curator if we can find somebody that does it with museum, you get free. So there's those types of people that I think you should bring on board. We have a lot of talent on this island.
0: Yeah.
1: A lot of artistic and a lot of book writers and that sort
2: of thing.
0: Yeah. Five, ten years where where do you see the Galliano Museum?
2: I find in the last say eight years, <clears throat> volunteers are going by the board because people just want to make money, hmm. and we haven't had money to pay anybody, and uh, so it may come to that that we to keep the museum going, we may have to pay people I don't know because there's there's just not there doesn't seem to be the volunteers around. I'm just finding that in general, of all the other organizations on the island, are lacking volunteers. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to get more difficult to get good people to run the museum Mm -hmm. without getting paid.
1: And I think you look at that side of things too. I come from a. I I also work on Bank of Island, I work uh, as an accountant for other companies. But the biggest problem we're also having is finding people who still want to work. Mm. We have a real lack of people who want to work,
2: mm. yeah, so there's true. the other side yeah. of
1: things. Yeah. So I'm not sure where we're going. I think we're going to hit the depression soon and we'll just have to see how things go. We've been operating on volunteer and donations, so that may how we have to stay. We can still keep our lights on, so yeah. that's a good thing.
2: The advantage, the plus side is that it's an island and people are usually looking for something to do when they first move here. Yeah. They think, well, you know, it's all pretty nice in this nice floor, what am I (laughs) going to do, what am I going to do? And hopefully people will get interested in, you know, all the organizations including the museum. We opened
1: in 19, you know, September 19th and had to close on October 1st. And it stayed that way and we got a little bit of an opening in March of the following year and it closed again. And then it opened again for a really short time and then we closed again because everybody got COVID over here and yeah. so it yeah. was just, it's been sort of a crazy time to deal with things.
0: Do you feel that the, the fact that there's been a process for almost three decades to get the museum set up that you're you're kind of resilient to be able to, to wait a little bit longer, is, yes. it, is it built into the, the organization? Yes, That's actually right. I've, I've brought up
1: as at our, um, at our board meetings we have to look at succession planning, what happens if. So that's something we're also con- contemplating yeah. wow. because we have to. Yeah. You have to think ahead. I'm used to succession planning in business. Yeah. I've been an executive director and director of operations and CAO and whatever you want to call it. It's yeah. all the same thing. Yeah. You have to think the long term big picture. Yeah. Yeah. So we do talk about these
3: things. Yeah. 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 Oh, we want the building to stay as a museum which... Um, when we were building this, it was $250 a square foot. Now it's probably $500. So its value has escalated. Yeah. To rebuild this would cost you probably three times more. What was the total cost, Mary Jean? You know. 1.3 million if we rebuilt today. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah, and it only costs
1: 150,000 it's so hard to get things yeah. on the island um, and we try and order glass you've got a 16 yeah. week wait
2: oh. well fortunately we had a contractor who said that he lives on the island and he said i said would you care if it took a long time to finish the building mm. and he said no problem and he said just tell me when you've got the money you know so i'd phone him up and I'd say we we've got enough money to do drywall walk, and do that. <laughs> yeah put the doors on next week or do the drywall or do the insulation and, and it took how many years I don't know a lot of, a lot of years but he he didn't care he was really good and he he did other jobs in between and it worked out and we had to we had to get five engineers because it was a public building and so there was a lot of cost and there, but he would, yeah but there was a lot of donation too yeah a lot of time and equipment
1: donation Mm. from our local people
0: when this started rolling the 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 creating of this this building did did it did it change your perception to the historical society and what what was possible for the museum or was it sort of a realization of something that you'd already been thinking it was a dream yeah Yeah.
2: we knew that there was a lot to do and a lot of work and a lot to get going but we're idiots (laughs) we just went into it and and developed, so it was pretty good.
0: We still have a
2: lot of work to do, like we haven't got half of the paperwork or the paintings sorted out yet even, but we've got all the things, which we call artifacts, pretty well categorized and sorted and we know what they are, but some of the other stuff we don't even know what we've got. (laughs) Well, some of the paintings and stuff we're looking at maybe having
1: some sort of fundraiser with because some of it's local. And I, I donated a bunch of native prints to, for our harvest dinners, back before we had harvest dinners. So we really had a hard time raising for that type of thing. We used to put a lot of these art, these art pieces and stuff out for silent auctions and that sort of thing to raise funds for the building. Yeah. At this stage, we're, we were just talking about when should we do this, but it's a lot of work. So we have to really contemplate when we, we thought we'd try and do it before Christmas. And you'll see when we go down there, we have a lot
3: of art that were donated but the new people that have come to live here aren't that interested. They get involved with other things. Yeah. Everybody wants to be part of mm-hmm. a, an organization, to be doing things. But it's it's mostly the local people that are interested. Mm-hmm. And we and get a return families. of a lot of
2: family of local people yeah. from years ago. Yeah. And they of. say, oh okay. there's a picture of my aunt when he was plowing the field and that sort of thing. You know, mm-hmm. It's mostly reminiscing
3: of the old
2: people that show a lot of interest in the museum.
3: If we looked at our guest book, because most of our guests sign and put a comment on it, it's mostly tourists, hmm. wouldn't you say? Yeah. Well, other than the
2: relatives of yeah. the people who used to live here.
3: But the tourists love it because they are interested. Yeah. But I, I know there's a lot of people that have come here and yeah. bought property. And only live here part time. They they're not going to come and volunteer. Hmm. They they're, that's their refuge, and they don't they're not interested. Our population is probably higher right now than it's ever been. When I grew up here, it was 300, and it's probably about 1,300 now. I think so. A lot of people when COVID happened literally moved from Vancouver to here.
0: So it was impacted by that as well? Yes. We have a lot of
1: homes here. That is a constant um, craw for some that there's homes that sit vacant during the week. Sure. People come on weekends, but if it was their hard-earned money, what's it to us? My
2: two kids are just retiring now, 65. So I'm hoping they'll come and look after grandma on the island here. So that might be two more.
3: (laughs) Everybody wants to come and live here because it's utopia. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It really is, mm-hmm. but you have to be prepared to live on a tiny island.
0: Well, thank you very much for sitting down and, and speaking with me about the, <laughs> about the museum.
2: Are you welcome. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. This has been another BC Museum portrait. BC Museum Portraits is done in partnership with the BC Museum Association. To hear more portraits and view the accompanying images made by project photographer, Taiyu Hayward, please go to museum.bc.ca. Thank you very much for listening.